0: Transform your bathroom cleaning with Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner. You just spray today and rinse tomorrow for a no-scrub clean. With over 33,000 five-star reviews, this is your once-a-week solution to keeping your tub and shower surfaces sparkling clean. Available at Amazon, Lowe's, Menards, Home Depot, and Ace Hardware. Join thousands who've switched to an easier clean. Get your Wet and Forget. Weekly shower cleaner today, and make your bathroom sparkle with zero scrubbing. I love fast cars, but there aren't a ton of high performance EVs. They're certainly out here there, but when I when I get a chance to get behind the wheel of one, it's I love it. And I was blown away by the Kia EV6 GT. When you get behind the wheel of the Kia, it, it is literally like being in a state of the art rocket ship, but also comfortable. The thing goes from zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. It is the premium driving experience. And of course, it's an EV. So the climate thanks you. SiriusXM provides access to over 165 channels in the vehicle. Music, sports, news, comedy, yacht rock. Let's go. Little, Little steely Dan going in your Kia. Come on now. So check it out today. It is the All Electric Kia EV6 GT. I had a blast checking it out. Believe me, you should do it yourself via Kia.com slash EV6. To learn more, that is Kia.com slash EV6. Kia, movement that inspires.
1: When they told me I had a chance to be on your podcast and talk to you, I was like, just tell me when and where I'll cancel something.
0: I mean you're in. Hey, everybody, it is I, Rob Lowe. My my mom was an English teacher, and she used to insist that I say, it is I. It is I, Rob Lowe. It is me, Rob Lowe? Listen, in theory, it's supposed to be, it is I. So I want all of you to start saying that. Somebody calls you on the phone, it is I. Anyway, it is I, Rob Lowe, and it is literally. Today, the legend, Trace Atkins, country star, Just the voice of, I mean, his voice sounds like you're pouring maple syrup all over your body and then putting whiskey on top of it and then lighting it like a flambe. And he also has the greatest song ever written, Honky Tonk, Badonkadonk. I mean, to me, I can give you a lot of stats about all his top 10 hits, all his top 20, all his Grammys, his, you know, 25-year career and all. I could do all of that, but bro, Honky Tonk, Badonkadonk. I got nothing more to say. Um, and a super interesting man. I mean, he, this man was born, born to be a country star when you hear about his life. So um, pour yourself a whiskey and um, settle on in. You're not currently shooting the show, right? You're, you're, you guys, do you guys did your show like, what a year ago, and in the COVID they held it, is something like that?
1: We started in September. We were supposed to wrap February 15th, and we ended up wrapping April 15th. So yeah, a couple of months, we got delayed by COVID several times. Um, but uh, we finally got it done. So yeah, we're not shooting now. I, d- I don't know when they, they haven't told me if we're going to do a second season or welcome,
0: welcome to the world of, of being an, uh, uh, an actor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm, I'm still doing shows and stuff. So, you know, i got my side hustle that's still going. So.
0: I'd say your side hustle is working out good. Let me, so you work closely with, um, Susan Sarandon on the show, who obviously is a legend and, um, Anna Friel, who yeah. I saw, I I did a movie with her and, um, saw her on, in, on Broadway. Uh, and she's just spectacular. How what what were what were your observations of uh, or if anything about working with the, those two because they're really just amazing uh, actors the both of them
1: yeah they are and so I was terrified uh, to work with, <laughs> yeah. to work with both of them because I'm not an actor and so I was really nervous about all of it but I quickly realized that when you're working with people like that uh, you you just they're going to carry it. So you don't all you have to do is just try to swim in their wake and try to keep up and 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 it's going to be okay and and once I realized that there was a strange calm that came over me and I and I enjoyed every minute that I got to work with both of them and with Anna especially to watch her go from her normal British accent and then straight into East Texas you know, as, as soon as they set action, it was pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, she is spectacular. Um, I, there's one of my favorite movies is the movie uh, Closer. Mike Nichols directed it. She invented the the part that Natalie Portman plays in the movie on Broadway. Um, and she was just amazing. Um, I was doing my research on you and... Bro, you got into a lot of accidents as a kid. Did you ever decide think at one point maybe you should put a bubble around yourself? Because my bro, you should have bubble wrapped yourself. It's unbelievable the amount of of accidents you got in. We got broken ribs, punctured tooth, lungs, nose partially torn off. We've got knee injuries in football.
1: Well, I just you know I don't know. I, lucky unlucky i don't know I, I guess i'm still here so maybe there's a little luck involved in that but yeah i've got i terrify kids when i go to the beach i'm scarred up from one end to the other you know uh, i've been to open heart surgeries and all kinds of things so uh broken legs and all i broke both of my arms broke one of my legs yeah I busted my ribs i've had multiple surgeries and truck wrecks and uh, you know, oil field accidents and bullets and knives and beat up and, you know, I, I've not led a sheltered life. So I have put myself in those positions from time to time, I'm afraid.
0: Well, I mean, it's almost like you were destined to write country hits. It's like if you have that kind of a life, it's like you might want to be, be a country star. <laughs> the day I broke my ribs on the oil rig, I mean, you're in. You're you're in. That's an opening line. It's over. You're you're. It's you it's go. on its way to number one.
1: <laughs> well, I cut my finger off on the drilling rig, and then they they put it back on, but uh, they said it wasn't going to work. So I they asked me if they wanted to put it straight or what, and I said no. Put it in the sus position, and he didn't know what that meant. And I said so I can suspend a D chord or a G chord on the guitar. If you put it straight, might as well just cut it off. It's going to be useless. So I had him put it like that so that I could at least hammer a string on the guitar with it.
0: And and you so, can, obviously. It works. You can still hammer. Oh, yeah. Well,
1: yeah I, I can't reach up the neck, you know, to make bar chords and stuff that I used to be able to. But, hey, I, I've got some of the finest guitar players in the world that are on stage with me every night, so I don't have to worry about it.
0: How many um dates a year do you feel like are 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 ideal for you to be out on the road where you're like yeah this is great and then there's that moment where you're like you know what enough I already I want to be home
1: Yeah at this point it, I, I want to be about a 40 kind of guy that's that's mm-hmm. about what I want to do now I've done 140 or more over the years uh, and I just don't want to do that anymore and I don't have to so Yeah you know um and plus my voice, it's like, if I do three shows in a row, three consecutive nights, I can tell it's starting to get a little scratchy. And then once I get to four and five, I'm having to fake my way through it. And I don't, I don't like doing that. You know, I used to play, you know, five hour dance gigs in bars seven nights a week and I had <laughs> tungsten chords and I just can't do that anymore, you know? So, uh, I, I, I want to keep it about three nights a week and, uh, have a shortened uh season that we do that in and I'd like to get in about 40 maybe 50 shows
0: next year. Do you have a a vocal care regimen or vocal warm-up regimen?
1: Yeah, uh before I go on stage I smoke a Marlboro and drink a cup of coffee.
0: <laughs> you literally smoke a Marlboro. Yeah. I think there's a lot of voice coaches listening right now who just had aneurysms hearing
1: that? Well, I, you know, I took voice when I was in college. And so I, I know the way you're supposed to do it. I, I know all the the warm up techniques and the breathing, breathing techniques and things you do to loosen up and everything. And I just, you know, I just don't anymore. I know what I'm supposed to do, but you know, that's like a lot of other things in my life. I know what I'm supposed to do. I just don't do it.
0: See, I'm just telling you as a guy who doesn't know you well, but is just being around you about every third thing out of your mouth is a song. And right now <laughs> I know what I'm supposed to do, but I don't is a great title for a country and Western song.
1: I'm recording all this. So I'll go back. and.
0: Okay. Yeah, I just, I just uh, want writing credit. I've never had, never had writing credit on a song. Maybe if that takes off, uh, you can be on one of my bucket lists of having writing credits. Um, Okay. So country and what, who were your, your influences, like your earliest influences? Uh,
1: the, the albums that my, that my dad had, uh, he had all those classics back in the day, Buck Owens, Johnny Cash, uh, mm. Waylon Jennings, Don Williams, uh, just all, all the ones, George Jones, of course, Merle Haggard. Um, uh, so that's what I grew up listening to. Uh, that's what I aspired to do. Uh, but I started out singing bass in in a quartet, in a gospel quartet. Oh wow! Uh, and I did that for about four years before I finally got the confidence that I thought maybe I could stand up there by myself and and do it. So I started taking my guitar around to local jamborees and hayrides, and that's kind of how I finally, uh, you know, got the guts to do it by myself.
0: And what age would this, how old were you at, the, I mean, cause you worked really hard at a lot of um, insane regular jobs before you really launched into it. So what age is this?
1: Yeah, I was probably about 22, 23 when I finally started playing country music in front of people. Uh, yeah. And I was working in oil field then, uh, I worked in the oil field until, uh, 1992, um, so, you know, music was my hobby and, and I loved it. And, you know, I'm one of those incredibly fortunate people that my hobby turned into my career. Uh, mm-hmm. and I, 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 joke about it sometimes, but it's really true. It's just my music career is just a, a hobby that got horribly out of control and, uh, <laughs> just consumed my life. You
0: know? Was there a moment when you went, Hmm, maybe this is going to happen.
1: Yeah. I think after, uh, my second single came out and, and Cletus Judd did a parody of my song. That's when I thought I had made it.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> 100%. I, I, I once had a a movie come out and like you said, you said your second single wasn't your first. We went, aha. I'd had a couple of movies come out, but it wasn't until I saw people dressed up as me at Halloween that I, I went, people. Oh, maybe this, maybe this thing's going to have some staying power. Um, Qu- quick question. Why was it called, when I was a kid, country and western, and now it's just country? What happened to the western?
1: I don't know. They dropped that long they? time ago. They I, did. Yeah. Just like,
0: they did some market research down in Nashville. A bunch of guys in ties got together and said, we think you should get rid of western.
1: And that was it. I don't know. I don't know when that happened. I don't know what meeting that was. I wasn't there, but I remember <laughs> when I used to say... "I." I sang both kinds of music, country and western. You know, so but they dropped the western. So,
0: what do you feel? I mean, everything in our in the world and everything in in the entertainment business continues to evolve and is almost unrecognizable from the times that that we both came up. Um, what do you see as the, the the biggest change or difference in in country now versus when? I mean, Jesus, when you were listening to your dad's albums, it was a different eon. It was eons ago, guys like Buck Owens and that yeah. the, the, nobody plays that kind of music anymore, really. Um, what what do you see the changes as?
1: And if they do play that kind of music, they're considered retro, you know. Oh, uh, yeah. Tradition, mm-hmm. Traditional country music now is retro, you know. So, uh, wow. It's I remember when I first came out and— uh, my first number one, actually, this ain't no thinking thing. I I basically had just taken my beer joint show and put it on a bigger stage. And I danced just like I did, you know, in, in, in the honky tonks on stage. I, if I felt moved to dance, I would dance. <laughs> so I did that in the video for that song. And it just, people went kind of crazy. And the, the traditionalists and the purists all started railing about it you know it's like oh that's not country look at him up there dancing and stuff no you don't do that in country music and you know so I I had to deal with a little bit of that and and now it's it's like that's so benign you know yeah
0: yeah yeah right
1: it's ridiculous Uh, but I I think the biggest thing for that for me that the biggest change is just uh, the medium I mean uh, you know it was solely radio when i came out and and the videos were you know that was a new thing at at the time kind of new but now i mean it's you know with the computers and the internet and everything it's that's to me that's the biggest change you can get your music out there you don't have to have a record deal you know it's just a free-for-all now and uh i don't I don't know if that's helped or hurt, uh, but I do know that country as a format is never more, it's never been more popular or bigger than it is now.
0: That's what it seems like to me. Um, it feels like it's, it's bigger than it's, than it's ever been. Where else can you go surfing and skiing in the same day? or check out a world-class art museum and camp out under a brilliant night sky same day, or hike through the redwoods and get a luxury spa treatment. There's only one answer, California. No matter where you go across this state, you will find a way to play. Look, I love California, Um, and I have not yet surfed and skied in the same day, although I do do both. So that is on my bucket list. It's the most beautiful place in the world. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. You know the only thing I ever let interrupt my podcast? My dog. Take a minute now, please. Pet your dog while you learn about Bark, the company dedicated to making dogs happy. Every month, BarkBox. BarkBox. Designs and delivers a whole new collection of toys and treats just for your best bud. Every toy is tailored to your pup's size and play style, from squeaky plush toys from BarkBox to ultra tough durable ones from SuperChewer. Every treat is made with yummy, healthy, all-natural ingredients like pumpkin and sweet potato. Each box is inspired by a new theme and comes with fun surprises for you and your dog. For a limited time, they'll double your first box of goodies for free. I love making my dogs happy. Love it. It's my favorite thing in the world. And my dogs are obsessed with their chewable toys. BarkBox offers treats keep my dogs healthy and amazing new toys that keep my dogs entertained. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com slash Rob. So I came home to a little gift in my bathroom the other day from our friends at Harry's. To get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. You know who challenged the status quo? Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry and decided they had something better to offer. So instead of charging the same old ridiculous prices, Harry's found a way To make their beautifully designed razors, and they are beautiful, for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. Exceptional products. Honest prices. That's Harry's. They have the highest customer satisfaction in shaving history and a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. And Harry's also has other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors. Richly lathering, skin softening, body wash and scents like Redwood, Wildland and Stone and an extra high quality, amazing smelling deodorant for just five bucks. I love their stuff. I'm so impressed by Harry's products. All of it. It's all good. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com Rob. That's Harry's dot com slash rob for a three dollar trial set. My dad played country. He was a, a Jerry Jeff Walker guy. Like that—that that was that was his thing. Um, I love Jerry Jeff. And and other stuff. And you know, I've, you know, I've certainly, I, you know, I, I I like I like country music, but it's not like I really grew up steeped. In it, but what my my um, understanding is is like all of the music I loved as a kid today would perform better under the country umbrella, like songwriter, like like singer songwriter story song lyrics being important, harmony, melody, like that's gone for the most part from from let's call it popular music and, and, it, you know, continues to thrive in, in country. So I think a lot of the, the bands that I love that were rock and roll or wherever the hell they were, you know, today wouldn't, wouldn't be, they'd be, they'd be country stars.
1: A lot of them, a lot of them. I, I, I believe that uh, two of the, you know, sainted rockers of, Bob Seger and Tom Petty, I think if either one of those guys came out today, they'd be country acts. One hundred percent. They may they may get mad at me for saying that, but you know they're older. You know Bob's really yeah. old and Tom's gone, so you know no disrespect, but I think if they came out today, they they'd be country acts.
0: Well, and then the Eagles,
1: the Eagles for certain, yeah, the Eagles, yeah, all and all those southern rock bands, Leonard Skinner, Thirty Eight Special. You know, they would, they would, you know, Molly Hatchett and uh, the Allman Brothers, of course, would be a country band oh, yeah. or a blues
0: band. You know, it, and also in those days, there were regional bands. Like, I remember, um, I grew up in Ohio and then, like, I was about like, 13, I moved to, to California and you would hear music in California that you would never hear in Ohio on the radio and you would hear music in Ohio that you would never hear in California. And it blew my mind. Like, Molly Hatchett, I promise you, was never played in Southern California. Not once. And you'd Probably land not. on the plane in Dayton, Ohio, and it'd be like, I'd be like, who are these? Molly, who? What? Uh, it just, uh, and I really miss that. I miss traveling across the country and hearing a song 17,000 times in a row that you would never hear in a different part of the country.
1: Yeah, from, I, I, there are a couple of places still that I know of. Where that happens still and and that would be south louisiana and and texas uh there's still regional stars uh, mm. in, in louisiana and texas uh south louisiana is because of zydeco uh you know uh, you're not going to hear zydeco anywhere else you're going to No hear don't south know those louisiana. guys yep. yeah yeah <laughs> and and then there's a lot of that red dirt uh Texas music that there's stars in Texas that people around the country may not uh be aware of but in Texas there's stars.
0: You do you have favorite collaborators in terms of ri- your writing?
1: I do. I, I have I have these go-to guys that I, if I have an idea and I think unfortunately I've become one of the laziest songwriters on the planet, because I have the good fortune that I've been in this town and been in this business long enough. And I know some of the very best songwriters in the world, because I think that's what we have here in Nashville. And that that's the pool we have to to draw from. That's the well we draw from. But if I have an idea, whether it's melodically or, or lyrically, I think, okay, whose wheelhouse is that in? Mm. And then I'll, Call him up, and I'll go. Hey, Monty or Casey or Rivers. Uh, you know, here's my idea, and and so that's the way I, I do
0: it now. Do you um? Do you write on guitar? Do you write piano? Like, how do you how do you I write? write?
1: If it's if it's just me, I'm writing on guitar. But I would rather write with piano. I I I, I rather. Uh, I, it just it's such to me, for me it's just such a, a bigger world. Uh, piano just. It, it's you know it, it, there's so many more places that i feel like i can go and and that's that may not be true and there are some musicians out there that would listen to this and go ah you idiot but i don't know just for me if i'm if i'm writing with a good piano player um it's just a bigger world
0: um are you a a strat or a telly guy
1: oh wow that's uh it depends on the song it depends yeah. on the song it's, what tone I want, yeah, uh, right. you know, whether it's going to be a strat or a telly.
0: I feel like that. I feel well. No, I guess you're right. I always feel like the Telecaster is the ultimate kind of country. Well, the,
1: the, I mean, well, yeah, the telly's just grittier. It barks at you. It's a little yeah. nastier. Uh, you know, the strat is more melodic, and I don't know. You know, for me, it just depends on what kind of song you're doing.
0: You must have seen a lot of changes in Nashville. I mean, good lord! That town now is hot as a pistol, and people coming from all over the world there. It's one of my favorite places in the planet. I, I always try to talk to my wife about fleeing California to go to Nashville, and I haven't gotten her. I haven't gotten her there yet, but uh, you, you, we may end up as neighbors one of these days. It's pretty great. Well, you may
1: be the last one to get here because everybody's no coming.
0: <laughs> oh, is it unbelievable! You guys should just have people at the airport going, Californians, go home. I mean, it's unreal, isn't it?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, it's, I swear, I, I moved here in 92 and I've seen this place grow into a legitimate city. I mean, the sports franchises that we have now and mm. the infrastructure uh, and the, the whole, this, the downtown is still, you know, a forest of cranes because there's so much construction still going on. It's insane. Where are all these people coming from? What do they do for a living? I have no idea, but it's not stopping.
0: Yeah, it's un it's unbelievable. I, my first time I came to Nashville, I was a uh, I was developing um, a movie for um, about the life of Eddie Cochran, who was a you know a young rocker who died tragically in London with Gene Vincent. So it's kind of a semi famous rock and roll story, and. And I think a couple of his songs were written by a guy named Hank Cochran. No, no, yeah. uh, no relation. And of course, Hank wrote "The Chair" and Hank wrote "I Fall to Pieces" for for Patsy Cline. And um, and boy, I thought I knew about partying, dude. I mean, I've been all over the world in the I, I survived the '80s. I came to Nashville with Mr. Hank Cochran to develop, and man, they almost took me out on a stretcher. And I was like, these, <laughs> these boys down here are not playing. And I was like, I'm yeah, get back yeah. to this city somehow.
1: Yeah, those old those – old, uh, those guys were notorious. Yeah, they were hardcore. Yeah, you, you didn't that, – that wasn't for the faint of heart if you wanted to hang out with those guys. Yeah, Hank's pretty – he was pretty well known for uh, – yeah, he, he was he was going to be the last one to get up and walk away from the table.
0: It's unbelievable. you just, I don't know why I didn't expect it. I mean, but, it, it, you know, you think, hey, you know, the Rolling Stones, or if I hang out with Keith Richards, like, uh-uh, sorry, bro, take a seat. Hank Cochran, icon, icon. Um, do you have a favorite mu- m- movie, musical? I, I was just thinking about Patsy Cline. I was thinking about that great Jessica Lange uh, movie where she played patsy and sissy spacek and coal miner's daughter do you, do you have like a favorite movie in that genre
1: oh wow that's a that's an interesting question i love
0: i love movies about the creative process love it and particularly yeah. about about music uh the the, the great yeah. movie about um brian wilson love and mercy but coal miner's daughter's pretty damn great yeah that was good I don't
1: know, man. I, I think the first thing that comes to mind is, is when George Hamilton did that first Hank Williams movie, Mm. uh, just so tragic, you know, and, and, and they've since done that, that new movie, that Hank Williams movie. And I don't know, I just find that story so compelling. He, He was so talented and so proficient and yet just could not defeat that demon, you know? And, uh, only lived to be 29 years old, and what a legacy you left. And I just, I think that, I think those two movies would probably be the ones that I would go to.
0: I can't believe he was 29. You think about him, I mean, he seems so much older. I know. Hey, listeners. Ever have trouble getting someone on the phone when you have a question about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based... Live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person any time, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call one 800 discover To get the service you deserve, limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Shopping for humans is hard. Shopping for your dog is easy. Thanks to Bark. Every month, we deliver toys and treats just for your pup. They deserve to be spoiled every month. At Bark, we send your dog a whole collection of toys and treats made just for them Every single month. Whether it's our fun plush toys or our ultra-tough toys from Super Chewer. We give your dog exactly what they want. And for a limited time, we will double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com Rob. BarkBox is so convenient and delivers straight to your door and, more importantly, right to your dog. I can't wait to try out BarkBox. My dogs need their toys, particularly the chewable toys. Sign up now at BarkBox.com slash Rob for an exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's get back to petting our dogs. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've been listening to literally long enough, you'll know that I am a big believer in getting the help you need. Therapy has been a big, big, big part of my life and something I think we should be all doing as needed. Just like checking the oil on your car. I've spoken about this, and we all carry around different stressors, big and small. We keep them bottled in, and it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get the things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Rob Lowe. Today, to get 10% off your first month, that's betterhelp.com slash Rob Lowe. Well, first of all, I have to say that I'm putting honky tonk badonkadonk up there uh, it might be the greatest title I've ever heard. How did you come up with that? It's the best.
1: I didn't come up with, I didn't come up with that. That was Dallas Davidson, uh, and Jamie Johnson. And, uh, Oh, wow. Who else was the third writer on that? I can't remember now. Oh, Randy Hauser. Randy Hauser, Dallas Davidson and Jamie Johnson were all down at the wild horse on a Saturday night. Uh, <laughs> big dance bar in downtown Nashville and they were standing up on the balcony looking down at the dance floor and they were having a, a line dance uh, lesson. So all these people were out there learning how to line dance. Mm-hmm. And so one of the young ladies was just, you know, endowed with something special and uh, one of them said look at the donk on that one because you uh, <laughs> Missy, uh, what was her name? Missy Elliott had come up with that badonka donk, but I think she called it badonka dunk. Anyway, one of them said, Look at the badonka dunk on that one. And uh, the other one said, A honky tonk badonka donk. And they were all drunk and they laughed. And then the next morning they got together and wrote that. And Jamie sent it to me. And it was his old country voice on the demo. And it made me laugh out loud. And I was sitting in my producer's office the first time I heard it. And I laughed out loud when I heard that. And that's hard to do. Make me just gut laugh like that. <laughs> and I said, let's record this. I said, you know, nobody's ever going to play it. But it's funny. I, and it's cleverly written. So, so I recorded it. And it ended up probably being, it'll probably be chiseled on my tombstone.
0: As it should be. Greatest song title ever. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I know what I also want to ask you. What was your life like? Would, we, would you be considered a wildcatter? Is that what you, if you're out there? Or, the, or wildcatters the guy who are actually paying for the drilling and the guys on the rigs are? Well,
1: wildcatters is an old term that's not hardly used anymore. But wildcatters used to be the ones that would go into a new area and drill test wells to see if there was any oil around there. That's right. the way they used to have to do it. But now, roughneck, you know, they, that's
0: what you would have been. You would been oh, a roughneck. Yeah.
1: yeah, I was a roughneck and then uh, I roughnecked for a uh, couple of years, I guess. And then I worked my way up to Derrick Hand, which is the guy that works up in the top of the Derrick. Um, so I stayed out there offshore on a drilling rig for about six years. I loved that job. It was dangerous, and uh, but uh, I don't know. Back then, you know, the more dangerous it got, the better I liked it. So yep. that was good for me.
0: Did you uh, did you see any really radical weather when you were out there?
1: Oh yeah, a lot of waterspouts. Uh, got stuck out there uh, when Hurricane uh, Danielle came through uh, in nineteen ninety. 1990, I think it was, um, somewhere around there, came in and hit Galveston and and Houston, but they got everybody off the rig except for 10 of us, and they radioed radioed out there and said it was too rough, they couldn't fly anymore, and so we had to ride it out, but again, it was just, it was exhilarating, and um, I, I I didn't feel frightened at all.
0: What was the what was the most radical thing you saw? Because it's dangerous. People, yeah, crap goes down all the time there. Did you, what was the most radical yeah. thing you saw out there?
1: I, I saw a guy get his foot completely smashed off. You know, um, it was one of the most gruesome accidents that I had ever seen. Uh, it was it was it was bad and. Uh, yeah, I I saw guys get hurt, fingers cut off, and, you know, ribs busted and heads split. But that was the worst one I saw.
0: Why is it so dangerous? I mean, I obviously it's dangerous, but what is it what is it in specific? Is it just too much heavy equipment and what, what it's wet? There's it's- a
1: lot of iron, yeah. There's a lot of iron moving out there, you know. So, uh it's not it's not as bad as it used to be. I, I had an opportunity to go back out there. Uh, three or four years ago uh, and visit with the old company that I used to work for and went on one of their brand new rigs and was just amazed at the automation now uh, that, that it's so much safer and cleaner. And uh, I was like, wow, I wish I was still doing this.
0: <laughs> now, so I'm looking at you, the credits of, of stuff that you've done and I come across two Appomattox so, do you know that I'm one of the original producers on that? Really? And Michael Michael Frost Beckner who wrote it is, you know, this is by this, so folks, this is a a um an amazing story of the Civil War that I have been obsessed with. And it's one of the most beautifully written mini series I've ever read. Um we've been very close to getting it made a bunch of times and at the end of the day for various reasons nobody wants to pull the trigger on it i mean it's expensive and you know it's a historical thing but by the way no civil war thing has ever done anything than be a hit it's like submarine movies submarine movies always work civil war movies always work um and uh, i see you're attached to it i do we've had amazing people who are you going to play
1: I don't even remember it's, I, I, I didn't even care though. You know, it's like, okay, this is a historical and it, they assured me that they were going to try to, you know, make it as historically accurate as they could. And, and, you know, it's a great story. And I was like, I don't care who I play. I just, I don't have to play anybody. I'll just ride up on a horse and be an extra and get shot. I don't care. Amazing. I just want to be in it. You know,
0: I was going to play, uh, uh, Ulysses Grant. Oh yeah. um, and my, uh, my, my great, 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 great grandfather was a, what they called a graybeard, and uh, that was somebody who was old and enlisted. He, he fought in the Indiana 148th graybeard uh, and then was a part of the—under uh, Sher- the command of General Sherman. Um, so I've always been obsessed with, with everything about it, but, uh, I don't know, maybe somebody listening to this will, will know somebody with a big checkbook that wants to make an amazing, amazing thing. And then the other thing I see is Moonbeam City. This is a cartoon. By the way, IMDb always has mistakes in it. So Moonbeam City is a cartoon on Comedy Central and I'm the lead of that. I play which I can't even remember. And I'm like, how many, and then you and I were together in a movie called Square Dance.
1: Right. That was my very first.
0: That was your very first. And I was, it was me, Winona Ryder, in, in her second job. I think she was about 16. Um, Jason, Jason Robards. Ro- Jane Jason Alexander. Robards and Jane Alexander. And it's one of my favorite things I've ever done. And, and you were, weren't you in the bar, the bar band that was playing? Is yeah, that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was in a band. Uh, we were playing, uh, in Bell Star on Central Expressway in Dallas. And one night, uh, Michael Nesmith with a bunch of folks came in and
0: Michael Nesmith, the monkeys of the monkeys yeah, fame produced yeah, the movie,
1: pro- produced the movie. And so they came in that night and, uh, some one of the representatives came up and talked to me when I went on break and said, Hey, you know, would you guys like to be in a movie? And I was like, Yeah, sure. I was probably drunk. And I, I so I just blew it off. And then the next day my agent called and said, Hey, I just got a call this morning from Michael Nesmith and blah blah blah. And I went, Those people were real? I was like, <laughs> I I I just blew them off. I thought it was a joke, you know, and she went, No, you know, so yeah. So they let us do a song. I had a song on the soundtrack that I wrote, which, you know, I hung my hat on that nail for a long time. That was great. Uh,
0: I love that. That was a big, important movie for for me too. It was I think my I got to play it, you know, intellectually challenged character. You know, up until then, I'd only been playing sort of, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. to play that character was a big, big step. And one of the first things I ever got nominated for, it was a big, big deal. And I think it's funny how you, you forget and then you hear something and it unlocks a memory. I was with uh, Smith that night when we came and saw you. I'd really? forgotten about it because I know I was drunk. And uh, ah, so I'd, ah, I'd ah. forgotten about it until, until just the end. Da- yeah, because it was in Dallas. God, Dallas was wild.
1: That was a rough bar. They had a sign over the door in that bar that said, if you start a fight in here, we'll finish it. And they had, I mean, badass bouncers in there. And I saw many a night from the stage, just the best brawls. I mean, stuff like you'd see in the movies. It was, it was a great club.
0: Dallas was so fun then. I'm sure none of that go. I mean, they had a, they had a club that same time called the Stark club. And it was like a, you know, dance club and they ha- I'm not kidding you. As you walked in, they handed you ecstasy. Yeah.
1: In deep elm. right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. There was another club up the road from Bellstar called borrowed money. And that place was crazy. It was insane. And uh, I, I just thought that was the wildest time of my life. Those, those four years that I I'd taken a leave of absence from working offshore because I'd, gotten into a, a music competition thing, and we had won the locals in South Louisiana, then we won the regional in Dallas, went to Nashville for the finals and and choked, but some people in Dallas saw us at, that night in that contest and wanted to book us in those big clubs out there in Texas, and so I took a leave of absence from offshore. I told them I was just going to try it for six months, and see, I stayed out there for four years. Jesus. <laughs> And then I went back to work in because I was just fry I was burned out and you know I was just a shell of myself by the end of that four years I had to get away from it or it was going to kill me.
0: Why do you think you've survived with all of your brushes and ups and downs and what do you what do you what do you attribute it to?
1: I got some hard bark on me i guess i mm. i don't I don't know I'm just I don't know. I just, I, I just dogged determination, and I just, you know, giving up has just never been something that I um, even consider. You know, uh, unless I'm playing cards, I, I will fold from time to time. But
0: as the great uh, man said, you got to know when to do it.
1: Yeah, that's right, and that's about it. So I just, I don't know. I'm just hard to get
0: rid of. Well, you you country boys know how to do it, man. I will tell you. I uh, I still remember I was at Farm Aid, the second Farm Aid. When, I mean, Farm Aid's still a wonderful thing, but there was a a moment where it was massive. Yeah. And it was in Austin. And Willie had me come, Willie Nelson had me get on that crazy old bus that he had, that amazing. Oh, no. The mahogany. Yeah, exactly. The mahogany bus. Bro. And I was never a pot guy. That was not my, I had other vices. Man, pot was not one of them. So much so that I was faked smoking it, to be polite if I had to. And it's me, Willie, a bunch of his band, and Dennis Hopper. And the joint gets to me, and I kind of I fake do the the fake faked it. Okay. I was so high from Willie Nelson's weed that I couldn't get off the bus for at least five hours. I was so disoriented and, and he was smoking it like just like chain smoking. It was unbelievable.
1: He's done that to a lot of us. So don't, <laughs> don't feel like the Lone Ranger. All right. You never smoke weed with Willie. I mean, it's you made, unless you've got the rest of the afternoon to, to be incapacitated, um, Yeah, just don't do it.
0: It's amazing how he does it. It's just, it's absolutely amazing. He's, a—I mean, what a legend.
1: Yeah, I love Willie. Everybody loves Willie. So
0: good. How old is Willie now? He's got to be 80. Wow,
1: 80-something, I'm not sure. Got to be. I heard they were doing another farm aid coming up. They may have already done it.
0: They Um, did. They did one this year. They did do one this year.
1: And I think he was he was going.
0: It's on the East Coast now. I I feel like I could be wrong, but it felt like it was it was in the East Coast. Well, Trace, this has been great, brother. I I, I loved having you on. This is good. I hope hopefully we'll be together with fake beards on. Well, you are you have a beard. You'll be good. But I'm okay. definitely wearing a fake beard into Appomattox. Um. All
1: right. <laughs> Look forward to it. Hey man, it's great talking to you. When they told me I had a chance to. Be on your podcast and talk to you. I was like, just tell me when and where. I'll cancel something. I just—I've always been a fan, and uh, I just think you're a stand-up guy. And uh, it's just—it's a huge honor for me to talk to you. And we'll see each other again, I'm sure.
0: Absolutely, brother. Thank you so much. My pleasure. I want to talk like him. Maybe I just need to be closer to the microphone. But then I have to have a microphone everywhere I go. God damn. What a guy. What a man. Um, I hope you had fun. All right. Just one more thing before we end today's episode let's check the lowdown line. Hello. You've reached literally in our lowdown line where you can get the lowdown on all things about me, Rob Lowe. 323 570 4551. So have at it. Here's the beep.
2: Hey, Rob. This is Elias from Toronto, Canada. I'm a big fan and uh, thankful for uh, the podcast. I find it to be really uplifting and I actually find you to be a very good interviewer. So my pleasure to call in. I was curious uh, in particular about uh, your performance in Wayne's World uh, and the scene in which you uh, spoke uh, Cantonese to order Chinese food. Uh, for Cassandra and Wayne. In scenes like that in film, do you receive lessons on what the particular words mean or do you simply learn the lines for that particular sequence? And what is it like to learn or speak different languages in film? Anyway, thanks a lot and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Take care.
0: Oh, thank you so much, um, Elias. I appreciate it. Love Toronto, one of my favorite towns. Um, and and uh, the birthplace of Mike Myers um, from Wayne's World fame. Um, yeah, it, it, so I remember that very vividly. Um, I was given a CD, that's, that was the era, of the phonetic pronunciation of whatever the hell I ordered. I remember, I, I can still remember, Yet bon I remember that. I don't remember what it means, but I remember that. And, um, you know, learning a language or learning an instrument Seeing almost fire saxophone, you know, learning American Sign Language, um, all the things that you sometimes have to learn as an actor, which is super fun. Um, at the end of the day, what you you need to do is um, really master the the specific thing you're going to do. Um, to the extent that you want to learn more of it, um, that's great if you have the time. And I've certainly done that. But you really want to look like an expert, and that's repetition and someone teaching you that little snippet and you just drill it and 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 drill it. It's the same thing as, you know, when I played JFK, getting that accent and you just listen to it and drill it and listen to it and drill it and listen and it goes on for months till you finally can do it without even thinking about it. So whether it's Cantonese, JFK accent, saxophone, it's all the same. It's one of my favorite things to be able to do. You know, it's funny. You remember that line because it's a funny line, but it's still not as funny as Wayne Campbell. I mean, you know, you just can't compete with uh, Mike Myers. (laughs) Thanks for calling. Um, We will be back next week. Um, Great stuff. Don't forget to um, subscribe to the full season so you don't miss anything because it's easy to miss a week. And then the next thing you know, you've missed somebody great. And we always have somebody great. So you got to do it. Uh, And I'll see you next time on Literally. You've been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe, produced by me, Rob Schulte, with help from associate producer, Sarah Begar. Our coordinating producer is Lisa Berm. Our research is done by Alyssa Graw. The podcast is executive produced by Rob Lowe for Low Profile, Adam Sachs, Jeff Ross, and Joanna Solitaroff at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson at Stitcher. All of the music you hear is by Devin Bryant. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on Literally with Rob Lowe. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Stitcher.